In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're here on the second Sunday of Easter uh, with a very familiar passage because we read it every year on the second Sunday of Easter because the second part of this passage occurs in John's Gospel on uh, this date, a week later, following the resurrection. But we begin in with a continuation of what we talked about last week of the world being turned upside down and the disciples world being turned upside down then leading of course to um, Thomas and uh, the implications of, of that world being turned upside down as well but the disciples the 11 of them or 10 of them at this point right are all all um, hiding behind locked doors for fear of the Jews, which isn't to say just the Jews, they're all Jews, right? So fear of the religious leaders, fear of those who've persecuted, fear of those who sent Jesus to the cross, that they too might be sent to the cross. Um, it's just happened a couple days ago, right, on Good Friday. And so they're still shaken up. They're still distraught. They're still destroyed. They, you know, they spent three years with Jesus. And, you know, in some ways their world has already been turned upside down. Their world was turned upside down when they followed Jesus around the countryside, when they watched him turn water into wine and multiply bread and fish and heal the sick and cleanse the lepers and give sight to the blind. Um, all of these things, everything that Jesus began to speak about as far as things being clean uh, as opposed to unclean and changing the law and, and defining what Sabbath is, all of this has, over the last few years, turned the world upside down to the disciples. And now, what? Now, they're... was everything for nothing, right? They're, they're crushed, they're destroyed, they're in mourning. And so we really just sort of have to go back to Easter again last week because all of a sudden now Jesus passes through the door and shows his hands, his wounds, and says, peace be with you, peace be with you and breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. And now in John's gospel, this really is sort of uh, foreshadowing the coming of the Holy Spirit, right? Foreshadowing Pentecost. John, as we've talked about before, is more interested in theology than he is necessarily in complete chronology. And for his gospel, he wants all of us to know that the Holy Spirit is available, that we can walk in the Spirit of God, that Jesus is bringing forth what he promised. He promised to bring forth his Spirit. He promised after he went to the Father that he would send a counselor or a helper to empower us, that he would be with us always, that we would abide in him 
and he would abide in us. And so here we have it in this passage, right? We have Jesus passing through the wall and he shows forth his hands, declares his wounds, and brings forth a message of peace. And it's this message of peace, I think, in the midst of this fear that is really one of the highlights of the resurrection story, of the resurrection message, of the Easter promise that we have been empowered to receive peace, that we have been set free to receive peace even in the midst of fear. Moreover, even in the midst of the threat of wounds. For this peace that Jesus comes to give isn't sort of a kumbaya peace. This isn't a peace, man, um, free love type peace. This is a hard fought, hard core peace that comes at the cost of the savior of the world giving himself up. That comes at a cost of sacrifice, love, crucifixion, and then ultimately the defeat of death and sin. Jesus shows his wounds to the disciples, right? And this is important, right? Because peace comes at a cost with wounds. Resurrection Easter life comes with wounds. Walking with God comes with wounds. Having your world turned upside down, receiving the Spirit and walking in the light of Christ is empowering, it's glorifying, it's exhilarating, it's life-giving, but it has wounds. We will be injured. We will be bruised. We will be hurt. We will suffer. this is why it's so important to receive the Holy Spirit, because we need the Spirit of God, the presence of Jesus in our lives in order to face this, to combat this, to live fully into it. Because left to our own devices, we would falter, we would fail, we would flee as the disciples did. We would hide behind locked doors, we would be afraid. I think one of the major heresies of the church recently, and we've been dealing with lots of heresies in the church over the centuries, right, over the last 2,000 years. One of the reasons we proclaimed the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, was to defeat the heresies that were in the church, that Jesus was God but not man, or Jesus was man but not God. The resurrection never happened. 
the virgin birth, God entering into um, this world for us, that God answers prayers, uh, all of these, all of these heresies um, that that the church has had to combat over and over and over again. Well, one of the ones that affects us right now is this in the prosperity gospel that when we accept Jesus into our hearts, into our lives, that our life instantaneously becomes better in a worldly way. That we won't suffer, that we'll gain wealth, that we will be able to stave off sickness, and and our lives will just improve. And this is a dangerous heresy, not the least because it's sort of counter to what Jesus came to say anyway, that the world um, is is sort of the enemy as far as the as far as the uh, trappings of the world, as far as the things that the world holds, wealth and power and success and all that, um, is is counter cultural to to the gospel message of bringing forth life to those who are hurting and uh, the least. But it also is counter to what today's message is, that there's going to be wounds in order to fully live into the peace of God. That when you enter into relationships with people, likely some will let you down. Some will hurt you. Some will betray you. Some will turn their backs on you. And that's just relationships with the people that you love and you care for. What about when we challenge the ideals of the world? What about when we stand against the powers and principalities? What do we stand against the institutions that say the most important thing is wealth? The most important thing is success. The most important thing is my health and individual well-being and not the well-being of the whole of the community. Our passage today in Acts said the disciples had all things in common. They shared everything in common with one another. Which isn't a a sort of argument for, for communism or socialism, but it's something different, right? It's, it was a revolutionary, um, expression of love and trust in community at that point, at that time. They gave everything so that everyone around them could 
be blessed. They didn't do it because someone forced them to. They did it out of response of the resurrection joy of Jesus Christ to declare that that indeed there's more than just the things of this world. There's a peace that surpasses all understanding. There's a peace that brings forth life, that brings forth joy, that brings forth strength. The world has been turned upside down and I don't need to have all of this. I'd rather see you blessed as well. That's what this message is. But that comes at a cost. Not everyone understands. You may face persecution in the world around you. Worse, you may face persecution in your own house, with your own family, with your own children, with your own parents. It comes at a cost of sacrificing things that you might desire, worldly things that you want, that you feel might bring you happiness, but instead you give generously so those who have nothing have something. There's wounds. Because also sometimes things in this world still happen. Sickness and death and loss of job and all sorts of all sorts of worldly earthly realities that we are not immune from despite what the prosperity gospel heresy might say and yet it's that peace of Christ that spirit of God living within us that brings us peace that enables us to face the fears, enables us to understand that while we may be wounded, in Christ our wounds will heal. Moreover, our wounds will not keep us from Christ. The next week, today, Thomas appears, right? He wasn't there the first time, and and when he heard that Jesus did come, he was sort of put out and said he needed to see the hands and put his finger in the side, put his fingers in the wounds of Jesus. He wanted to know for sure. And when Jesus appears, this second Sunday of Easter. Thomas is there. And when Thomas sees Jesus, sees the wounds, his world is turned upside down and the world of the church is turned upside down. My Lord and my God. Because all of a sudden, everything clicks into place. Jesus 
was the Word made flesh. Jesus is God. Come to us to bring forth life, to defeat sin and death, and to bring peace. Not in a way that saves us from our wounds. Not in a way that allows us to hide from our fears but in a way that gives grace, strength, hope, and power. That even the cross can't defeat us. In Christ, through the Spirit, we have the power to attain peace, to defeat our fears, to be healed of our wounds and to declare the grace and glory of Jesus Christ, my Lord and my God to the world around us. For us this Easter season, let's live as if our world has been turned upside down. That shouldn't be a far stretch, right? Our world has been turned upside down this last year. There may be lots of things we still fear within this pandemic. Yet, in Christ, peace has come to us. Let the resurrection glory, the peace of Christ empower you, bless you, fill you as we go to declare to the world that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my God and that nothing, nothing can defeat us as we have the peace within him. We may be wounded, but We will not be defeated for the resurrection is real. Let us pray. Gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for this day, this time to come to worship, to gather, to receive your spirit. Lord, we pray that we may be empowered by your love, by your grace, by your joy. We thank you indeed that you've come to bring life to a broken world. Heal us. Empower us and embolden us to serve in your great love. For it is in your precious name we pray. Amen.